What is up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. What the fuck is good? What the fuck is good? Okay, so let me go ahead and tell you I'm sorry about how late this episode is. I have, like I said last week, I have been like congested in my head and um, my eyes are watery. The chain, like, I'm having an allergic reaction on top of like head congestion. It's been a mess. So last night, I went and um, took, of course, like a whole bunch of medicine, but I also went and had um, a drink or two, and that didn't mix well. So I barely made it. <laughs> I got up around like three o'clock or some shit like that in the afternoon. So I have not been sleeping as I've just been working on, sadly, doing the show. I and mean, I couldn't even do it on time. So sorry, but I love you. And you're still getting it on the Thursday. So, anyway. How the fuck was your week? Just in case, let's get it started and get it out the way. If you're a new listener, you go ahead and subscribe, like, review, rate um, this podcast. Because I don't do it for my health. You know what I mean? Like, I do it for you. I do it for um, myself, I guess. It kind of is for my health. Like, I found out when I was on hiatus, like I said last week, this was, like, the most therapeutic time that I had during the week of just being able to kind of somewhat talk to you about what's going on and my thoughts on the world and all this and the third is very therapeutic. So I guess it's kind of, I need to say something else because it is kind of for my health. But anywhoza, let's just jump right into it. Um, again, if you're new to the show, we started off with a hot topic and this hot topic is no different. It's coming from the lovely lovebscott.com. Shout out to lovebscott.com. Um, and this hot topic is probably like one of the funnest hot topics I've ever done. Um, are you going to get your free McFlurry from McDonald's? Apparently, um, after all this time, McDonald's is giving out free McFlurry. So I apologize for the confusing straw-like spoon. Okay, so it's all well known and has been for years that the McDonald's McFlurry spoon is not a straw. Despite the fact that it looks like it and should function like one. Now, after all this time, McDonald's is apologizing for the spoon's confusing design. To apologize, the company has decided to give away the new caramel brownie McFlurry for a limited time. While we can't change the iconic hollow spoon, a key piece in the mixing process, we can help ease the sting of your face palming, um, figuring out how to use it, the company wrote in a statement. Everyone gets a free regular size caramel brownie McFlurry on May the 4th via the McDonald's app. No purchase necessary. Customers can also try the frozen treat from home and it will be free for delivery from May the 3rd through the 9th with a $15 purchase on Uber Eats. Okay. We can do that. I got that. McDonald's also cleared up the confusion explaining to food and wine that the spoon square hollow design allows them to attach it to the machine mixing the McFlurry before it doubles as a utensil. Okay. The McFlurry spoon was invented by an employee at one McDonald's supplier's Flurry International in 1995. The company said that the spoon's historic creation since then, the McFlurry spoon design has been an iconic part of the dessert experience. 
And for anyone who's theorized why McDonald's doesn't open up the other end of the spoon to allow people to use it as a straw, the answer to question two. We think our creamy McFlurry is best enjoyed with a spoon. Some of the McFlurry toppings are too large and might pose a safety risk with a straw. It's a nice get a giveaway idea, but it's too little too late to make up for all the times where you've all wasted sucking. Well, you know what? Okay. I want to say something about that. I feel personally like straws like that taught us um, early on how to get what we want. So, but I, you know, I never thought it only took me one time to realize I was like probably four. And when I realized that that straw was not give me the motherfucking McFlurry, I I'm not about to make a big deal about it. It's not too little too late. It's none of that. Like I want, but I want an M&M McFlurry. I don't want that caramel McFlurry. I wonder if I can bitch and complain and get the regular McFlurry. I don't know. They still made McFlurries. I'm going to have to go check it out. I haven't had a McFlurry, like, since high school. I mean, like, you know, when it used to be popular. You know what I mean? Like, I I have not had a McFlurry. It was always just too sweet for me. But I love the apple pies. And, you know, okay, so from people, like, I know some of my family and friends in Mississippi list. Did y'all know that in Georgia, they don't have the two apple pies for a dollar? Like, I know people from Georgia don't. I mean, maybe so, like, because, you know, they say nobody really is from Georgia. Where I'm from, Mississippi, you got an apple pie two for one. In Georgia, when I got here, that was one of the biggest, like, shots to the chest to me. I went to my McDonald's, and they were like, I was like, I want two. And they were like, okay, $2. And I was like, $2 for what? Like, I wanted two, not four. And so it was just like a a culture shock, like, what the fuck? So, like, I haven't even been thinking about McDonald's, like, McFlurry. I'm trying to figure out. I'm still coping and dealing with what the fuck. I have to pay $2 for two apple pies. Like, it's whack. But it has helped me out a little bit. You know, I mean, imagine if I was still two apple pieing it. You know, I'd be walking around here looking like fucking Shrek. So. But I will be, because I actually like McDonald's here and there. I really do. Like my best friend said, McDonald's is for kids, but sometimes that make double. I get my order is the two cheeseburgers and I add a six piece chicken tender. I don't eat my fries. I always give them to someone. So, you know, or I might dip them a little bit, but in a sweet tea, light or no ice. And then since I've been living up here in Alpharetta, I always have them add a lemon just for the, the aesthetic I can't wait. Are you going to go and get your McFlurry? Or are you cool on it? I think it's the caramel thing to me that I don't want to. I, I I ain't saying I ain't going to get it. But, you know, can I get the M&M pieces or not? Like, I need answers. Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Um, were you one of those people who didn't think, who thought that you could suck out of those fucking, like, who... I don't know. And I don't think the spoon was that big of a deal. I like the fact that the spoon was like big enough to be able to like, I don't know. Like it wasn't, I didn't think this was a thing. <laughs> I just found it very interesting. And it made me think of the nostalgia of the Mc, you know, the nostalgia of the McFlurry. I don't know. 
But anyway, again, tweet me at Carmine Davis, um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Let me know what you think. Um, of course, you are going to go and, and get your fucking McFlurry. Like, don't be stupid. But is this like, is this like a thing? Like, I did not know that impacted everybody's lives but my own. Like, I mean, like, I didn't, <laughs> I had no idea that this was a thing. Like, I didn't know that people were really, really pissed off and, like, that confused about the straws. I actually liked, or the spoon, like, I actually liked them. I thought they were cute and different. All right, well, any hooser. Um, moving on to the artist spotlight. Um, this is the... Um, Part of the show where I kick it to my favorite thing, music. I talk about artists, uh, groups, uh, albums, concepts, con- you know, concerts, um, moments in time and music, scandals. Last week we talked about Jaguar, right? We talked about the Millie Vanilli scandal and we kind of had it like flipped on his head a little bit. And like <sighs> this week, I want to talk about something that is on my pussy like hard like the last i would say like five years one thing i have known for sure is that female rappers are the superior rappers that's not a that's not to argue that's not to that's not up for debate these bitches are spitting these days and it's time for us to just come together and say that these bitches are rapping harder than any of these niggas okay it dawned on me recently how mostly all of the hardest verses the ones that were impactful to me and resonated with me were like artists like uh, ken the man um dream doll uh, light skin Keisha, not even just the mainstream um, girls like Cardi, Nikki. Now they they represent, but like who else? Um, Cupcake. Um, there's some real Asian doll. Like there's some real spitting bitches, and they're not just even technically are great rappers. They put together some really really great songs. Um, even. Um, Tay, um, Tay Money, I like Sweetie. Like, I mean, they really are. There's such a smorgasbord of bi- bitches that are out here. There's a smorgasbord of spitting bitches. You know what I mean? And these girls are going in, and they are making some of the most riveting songs out in hip hop right now, and, and music. Period. Like, I, and I just feel like we should take that moment and look how far not only has hip-hop come but female hip-hop has come and how much drama is in it but it still is the superior genre because it's still spirited you know people talk about the drama i talk to my friends about it all the time about like the nikki and cardi drama but to me i thought that that was it was messy and it was you know nobody wants to see two you know beautiful black women fighting who are you know come from nothing to everything who wants to see that but in reality we need to see that this is what women need to compete about i mean sure they might have had tips about men but this is what women this is what women should be focused on competing about not 
niggas and not who's sleeping with their bitches about rank and status that's the only way that this has become what it is because there are women out here who are fighting for this this is what they want to fight for they want to be the best i'm the queen no i'm the queen no i'm the queen flo millie even coming i'm the fucking queen like and flo millie is a queen because she believes she is once they these women are striving and making um strides and 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 pushing the genre so far out to where at one point when I was growing up we had Kim, Trina, Foxy, Eve, um Missy, Lauren. <clears throat> you know, you had Yo-Yo, you know, Queen Latifah, but now there it's trillions of these bitches out and they know that they have to come in they have to look good they have to spit they have to be intelligent they have to be business savvy like the game has changed and elevated so much now that there it's just like the men like there's so many rappers out there and they it's they come in the game treating themselves like brands like little baby and the baby and all these people come out and future and all these people come in they zoom straight to that jay-z that hove lane now female rappers are doing the same thing and it's thanks to Kim, um, um, Missy, and Nikki, and Cardi, and and women are coming up, and they're making superior records. They're doing superior deals. They are um, elevating the game, and I just feel like people are so focused on how they think it's negative, stand wars, and all that, but this is important. The Barb's and what is Cardi's fan base kill each other every fucking day on Twitter and annihilate each other. But every single time they are proving a point that female rap might be messy, but it's the last genre that has some grit right now. Like these bitches and these bitches are real gangster bitches. Like these bitches are fighting. These bitches are fighting for turf. They're moving shit. They are, they got, you know, they got clout. They, these bitches are hood bitches who have elevated the game. Just like it was in the nineties with those hip hop artists, they were real into the streets and these bitches are too, but they are making mulatto. All these people and all these women are coming in and it's an exciting time. Like, I don't know. It makes me, it must be what it was like to be in the nineties of music. If that makes any sense, like we're not, discussing they're not fighting they're not there's not the boys mind records these bitches are fighting about money positions stake um uh stake in the game who is superior these are what women should be fighting about if women are going to be fighting this is what women should fight about talent who's better who's got the best pin game who's got the better deals who's got that is genius to me this is fucking genius. This is what it should be. Women should, of course, they shouldn't compete, but that's just not how life works. Competition, these men compete each other all the time, but it's respected because they are men. When it's the women, it's bitchy, it's it's messy, it's catty, it's drama. No, this is business. <laughs> this is business. It's the wild, wild west out here. They're building a genre. They're setting a tone. And... This should be lauded. That's that should be applauded because of situations like the Nikki and Cardi situation that turned out to be a little messy. But in reality, 
Shit like that happened all the time in the 90s. You know, that doesn't make it right, but that means that there's a spirit there. I feel like the men in, in arm in hip hop are so spoiled. They come in the game and they're frenemies with one each other. They work together. They get the dap because there's no competition. They're all fucking. They're all, you know what I mean? They're all getting money. They got bitches. They're sharing the same bitch. You know, they're sharing the same money. They're sharing the same thing. Like, because there's a, there is not a shortage of support for the male community. There's not a shortage of money in the male community, in the male rap hip community. There's not a sh shortage of, um, adoration or, um, product placement like there's not a shortage of any of that for them you can come in if somebody co-signs you you got a seat at the table for the women that table is getting increasingly longer but it's a fight if you're going to sit at this table you are superior you're bringing something to this table and it's a very lean table but there's a lot of them if that makes any sense and that's to be applauded like these women are making hits and they're making great songs. Megan the fucking stallion does not have a bad song. Even, you know, people want to say, what is it? Um, uh, no, talk me to sleep. Don't cry me to sleep or whatever the fucking song is like, you know, whatever. Like I still, I'm not jumping up, turn it. I am. I actually am. But for as a whole, Megan the stallion is a hit maker. Like these women are, Think about it. Like five years ago, we could have never imagined this many rap bitches in the top, you know, on the chart, prominent, making moves, making decisions, having impact, um, being household names. You know what I mean? Like it, making business moves, making money moves, making, pushing the art, pushing the pen, like and they all have such different flows. Uh, Flo Millie is different than Mulatto. And Mulatto is different than Megan Thee Stallion. And Megan Thee Stallion is different than Ken the Man. And Ken the Man is different than Tay Money. And, and you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's such a spirited time right now in female rap. So, therefore, it's a very spirited time for, in rap. And... To me, rap is important to me because it, hip hop is it's our culture. It's a it's a it's the pulse on our culture. It is our culture. It comes it's rooted in our culture. Everything in hip hop is something that's going on in what's happening in our day to day lives as African Americans. And that, you know, men coming up and making like going from nothing to something, you know, taking something that wasn't, you know, they should be proud of, shouldn't be proud of and turning it and flipping it and telling the tales and making millions and taking care of their families from, you know, here on out. You know what I mean? Like that was something that was applauded. So when I think of hip hop and I think of female rap, I see the growth in women of color, um, black women. They These are not just women who are, they know that they're not just intelligent. They have to be driven. They have to be, um, competitive they have to fight they have to um beat the odds they have to come up they have to be make smart decisions with businesses they have to take care of their look they have to take care of their brand they have to be mindful of their moves and to me that's amazing because that means black women 
are doing the same, which we have known for years that's been the case. But even with that being said, is you could see how the turn and for black women in career is shifting into hip hop and mainstream hip hop. People want to see black women compete. They want to see black women and show them what they got, their beauty, their they they can all share a stage. Or they could all be like, no, this is my stage. I'm going to prove that I'm one of the best. And therefore, they are all the best, if that makes any sense. And I think it also has to affect how you think of competition. Some people, competition brings anxiety. Competition brings like anxiousness, nervousness, all these things. And to me, I think competition brings opportunity. Because no matter... It doesn't have to mean that you dislike the person who is superior to you. It's sort of like you look at them and you're like, oh, okay, I want to be the queen bitch. I want to be the, you know, the boss bitch in here. I'm going to do what she did, but I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to take what she got and I'm going to take myself and my personal brand to the top. And therefore, no matter what anyone says, you can't really tear someone down. But if you win and you are superior to that person, you won and you are superior to that person. And it's okay. Does that make any sense? Am I making any sense? Tweet me, Carmine Davis. Um, tweet me on my Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. You can even email me about this. I'm going to start using doing the after show eventually. I swear to God I am. But I want to immediately share y'all's feedback um, for the day after. Let's talk about this. I want to see, I want y'all to, I want to see what y'all think about Hip, female hip hop and the competition in it and is it is it poisonous or is it exactly what music needs right now and therefore like i said hip hop is such is the pulse on our community and i love the fact that women are no longer fighting for niggas these dusty ass niggas they want the new uh double r trucks they want to know who can make the most on the show. They want to know who got the most hits. They want their who's got the best deals. Who's this, that, and the third? Who's constantly stepping out? And I think that's what it should be about. Real competition, taking care of yourself, surviving. Um, you know, making sure that you're going to take care of your family from here on out making sure that you are straight, you and your folk are straight, like the people that you roll with. That's important. Like that is real. That's real. All the rest of that bullshit is fake and that's important and it should be applauded. What a great time in female rap and what a great time in hip hop. I don't know. I, that's just been on my mind. And I think that, that people are trying to make it into a messy situation. But it's not. And I think it's a very powerful situation, a very powerful time for female rappers. These bitches are pushing their pins. These bitches are pushing their, their teams. They're pushing their brains. They're racking their brains. They're being intelligent. These women are pushing. And some of these women are pushing themselves for the first time in their whole entire lives. It's given them something to wake up for. It's given them something to be passionate about. And you have to think the pioneers like um, Kim, Queen Latifah, Queen Pen, um, all those Eve, all those women that came before and showed them that this is a game that could be 
fruitful, but you also have to be talented. You also have to be on your toes. You know what I mean? I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Moving on. Okay, so the last segment is always the love, sex, and relationship segment. Um, here we kind of talk about all the little um, sometimes mm, taboo things that we shouldn't be talking about. Sometimes we talk about some really powerful things. Um, sometimes we talk about some really reflective things when it comes to love, some things that piss people off, you know, that might send a jolt, might sound personal. But it's, like I said, season two, it's strictly business. It's nothing personal, okay? So this week we are talking about, we're going to talk about the talking stage in all quotes. This is a abyss, an abyss to me. This is such a mystery to me. I always, and I sit on the show and I talk like I'm 37 or 40 or something like that. I am young. I am a young millennial and I still don't understand our ways. I don't understand half of the shit that's, I don't know what that means. The talking stage. And according to medium.com, I'm not the only one. Okay. The dreaded talking stage, all your burning questions answered. Okay. There's a term that has sprung up among Gen Z years in recent times called the talking stage and the idea of talking to someone. And I'll be the first to admit that this concept is one of the most confusing things I have ever come across. A lot of us ask ourselves, what does it even mean? What expectations should I have? What should come after? In order to demystify this concept, I did some digging. And with the help of my friends, the internet, and my own understanding, I came up with the, some answers for what I think are the frequently asked questions for this concept. To provide some contrast, I created a sample of boys and girls, all the age groups are 17 to 20. I used their answers to my questions and my conclusions based on the answers and my personal knowledge to figure out some things out. Their insight was extremely helpful and helped me develop what I think are think are very well-rounded answers to my questions you might have. Okay, so what is a talking stage? A talking stage is the period where two people who have expressed a mutual romantic interest in each other get to know each other on a level deeper than friendship to help them decide the next step. To me, this sounds very similar to the idea of dating, but I think the term dating traditionally comes with a lot of pressure and expectations because they would need to go out on to dates and court each other in some sense. So the talking stage was created to replace the pressure with a simple, casual expectation to just talk. One of my friends described it as something our generation created to avoid commitment. And I see where they are coming from because some people just stay in the talking stage with no intention to really commit because they are getting everything they would get out of a real relationship without the label and the exclusivity. How do you know when you are in the talking stage? For this, there were a lot of different responses, but the common theme and the most important, I think, is that both parties would have acknowledged that they are interested in each other and are more deliberate in the time the time they spend talking to you and getting to know each other. Why a lot of people are confused about whether or not they are talking to someone is because a lot of assumptions are made because I did get a few responses saying intuition or you just know. But that's where issues of being on a different page arises from. If someone hasn't expressly said they are romantically interested in you, you probably aren't talking. How long should this talking stage last? 
it varies. A lot of people said a lot of different things. People that were specific all had different timelines that went anywhere from two weeks to six months. So clearly there is not one agreed time. But what I will say is don't ever start talking to someone deciding that if they haven't expressed an interest to take things further after two months or three months, they aren't interested. Because it takes people different amounts of time to let people in fully and trust them enough to want to be in a relationship. And on the other hand, someone can decide after a week that they don't see themselves being with you seriously and just not tell you. I just think being be transparent about it. If you realize after a short amount of time that you are ready to take things further, then say it. And if you realize after a whole three months that things just won't work out, say it. It's very unkind to waste someone's time once you know where you stand. And it's quite inconsiderate to think the other person will feel what you feel when you feel it. Be patient, be honest, and be understanding. What expectations should you have in the talking stage? Some people expect everything they would expect in a relationship. Some people expect almost everything with expectations of it being exclusive. Some people expect absolutely nothing. My favorite response, even though I probably shouldn't have one, was transparency and honesty. Just because you're only talking doesn't mean you should expect any kind of disrespect or deceit. Let your expectations reflect your standards and make them clear to whoever you are talking to. Is it fine to talk to multiple people at once? This was relatively unanimous. As far as the people you are talking to aren't under the impression that you are exclusive, it's fine. Like I have said for the most part of this article, just be clear, the mental gymnastics people go through on these situations is truly unnecessary. If you are talking to multiple people, don't let them think that you are the only ones or the only ones. If you are, if you were initially fine with the person you are talking to, talking to other people, but it started to make you uncomfortable later, let them know. It might be a less, a lot less serious for them than it is for you. And you owe it to yourself to find out if your time is being wasted. What is the difference between talking to someone and being in a relationship? This is entirely dependent on your expectations in the talking stage. For those who expect all the same things as they would in a relationship, it would feel the same. But for others, there would be a clear difference, no matter how small it is. Thus, the choice is yours. If you want the talking stage to be the same as the relationship, but simply without the name, then it will be. But if you want them to be fully separate through expectations and the level of commitment than it will be so whether or not the talking stage is simply a way to avoid true commitment is entirely up to you it could be or it could be a time where you figure out if you want to explore your connection with this someone further by getting into a relationship what should come after the talking stage nothing should come after the talking stage as one of my respondents said anything could come after you could decide to be in a relationship you could decide that the connection is purely sexual you could decide to just be friends or and this happens a lot you can go back to being strangers all outcomes are valid and you can be hopeful that things turn out in a certain way but also understand that having a strict expectation could be very disappointing so what is the point of the talking stage? I really got the same answer phrase in about a million different ways, but I think the point of the talking stage is fully to explore your connection to someone and see what it could amount to. After asking all these questions and seeing what people have to say, I've realized that the talking stage is not as complicated as it seems or as possible as people make it out to be. 
But without communication, it can be really confusing for the people involved. And it might feel like an unnecessary in-between stage. But for people like me who have made the mistake of diving into relationships without getting to know the person the way I should have is, is really vital. It's very unsettling to wake up in a relationship with someone and realize you don't know your partner as well as you should, or you uncover some of the traits that you don't really like. A lot of people say the obvious solution is to just be friends first, but for a lot of people, you meet someone and you hit it off right away and you want them to know that you are interested. That's where the talking stage comes in. Rather than thinking of it as the undefined period, try to think of it as testing waters, making sure it's not too deep or too cold. So when the time comes, you're swimming freely and fingers crossed you don't drown. Okay. Okay, so there's still some black and white into that. I appreciate that, medium.com. The link is in the description box. um, So you can read this article yourself. Minus my rambling and stammering, but I th- I still feel like the talking stage that actually cleared it up a little bit for me. I hope it feels the same way for you, but it's still a lot of gray area because how do you know you're talking to someone? But then they try to make communication like it's the best thing in the world or the easiest thing to do in the world. Niggas lie. Like I used to talk to people all the time and I'd be like, oh, I'm not interested in you like that. Knowing damn well I'm interested in them like that. It's just that I didn't want to like them or I didn't want them to be so easy or, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, but communication, you have to be willing to communicate. And there has a certain maturity that everybody and an anxiousness that's not there. Like sometimes we say a lot of crazy shit out of anxiousness or nervousness. I don't know. Or past pain or I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes... It should be communication should be easy, but it's not. And I feel like that's one of my hardest things in life, let alone in relationships is communication. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that settles it, though. Are you talking to someone right now? Are you dating someone right now? Are you in a relationship with someone now? Are you married? Are you engaged? I guess that's I guess that's all the levels I guess could go. I don't know. I'm still a little bit confused. Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Help me figure this out. Um, are you a talking master? Are you someone who gets it? Do you, Are you someone who is a master at the talking stage? Do you hate the talking stage? Do you feel like it's unnecessary? Then if everyone feels like it's unnecessary, then why do we do it? Do you have a better definition? Do you have your own definition that might be more true? I don't know. Tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. And that's the show. I'm sorry. I don't have my usual sexy voice on for y'all. I'm under the weather. You know, you tune in the, the voice gets you there and the shits and giggles is what keeps you. All I had was shits and giggles today. I love you. Love you, babes. I will talk to y'all next week. God bless. Hopefully I'll feel better. Prayers up. Mwah.